0: Well hello there and welcome to my work truck. It is August 24th. We're on day 236 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today Jeremiah chapters 33 and 34 and then we're going to jump over to Psalms and read Psalms chapter 74 and then we're going to finish off today's reading with 1st John chapter 5 and that will be the end of 1st John until later this year. (laughs) because <laughs> as you know, or if you're just tuning in, you will now know that over the course of the year, we will be going through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice here on Bible in a Year with Bill. Well, you try to keep it pretty simple. So yeah, Jeremiah 33 and 34, Psalms 74 and 1 John chapter 5. Let's get right into it. Jeremiah chapter 33. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. "'For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. "'You have torn down the houses of this city "'and even the king's palace to get materials "'to strengthen the walls against the siege ramps "'and swords of the enemy. "'You expect to fight the Babylonians, "'but the men of this city are already as good as dead, "'for I have determined to destroy them in my terrible anger. "'I have abandoned them because of all their wickedness. "'Nevertheless, the time will come "'when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds "'and give it prosperity and true peace.' I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sins against me and forgive all their sins of rebellion. Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. This is what the Lord says. You have said, this is a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah's other towns, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with the joyous sounds of people bringing thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, Give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. "'For I will restore the prosperity of this land "'to what it was in the past,' says the Lord. "'This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. "'This land, though it is now desolate "'and has no people and animals, "'will once more have pastures "'where shepherds can lead their flocks. "'Once again, shepherds will count their flocks "'in the towns of the hill country, "'the foothills of Judah, the Negev, "'the land of Benjamin, the vicinity of Jerusalem, "'and all the towns of Judah. "'I, the Lord, have spoken.'" The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says. David will have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever, and there will always be Levitical priests to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings and sacrifices to me. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and the night so that one does not follow the other, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. Only then will he no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. The same is true for my covenant with the Levitical priests who minister before me. And as the stars of the sky cannot be counted and the sand on the seashore cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of my servant David and the Levites who minister before me. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. Jeremiah chapter 34 King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with all the armies from the kingdoms he ruled, and he fought against Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. At that time, this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go to King Zedekiah of Judah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape his grasp, but will be captured and taken to meet the king of Babylon to face, face to face. Then you will be exiled to Babylon." But listen to this promise from the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says. You will not be killed in war, but will die peacefully. People will burn incense in your memory, just as they did for your ancestors, the kings who preceded you. They will mourn for you, crying, Alas, our master is dead. This I have decreed, says the Lord. So Jeremiah the prophet delivered the message to King Zedekiah of Judah. At this time, the Babylonian army was besieging Jerusalem, Lachish, and Azekah, the only fortified cities of Judah not yet captured. This message came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah made a covenant with the people, proclaiming freedom for the slaves. He had ordered all the people to free their Hebrew slaves, both men and women. No one was to keep a fellow Judean in bondage. The officials and all the people had obeyed the king's command, but later they changed their minds. They took back the men and women they had freed, forcing them to be slaves again. So the Lord gave them this message through Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I made a covenant with your ancestors long ago when I rescued them from their slavery in Egypt. I told them that every Hebrew slave must be freed after serving six years, but your ancestors paid no attention to me. "'Recently you repented and did what was right, following my command. "'You freed your slaves and made a solemn covenant with me "'in the temple that bears my name. "'But now you have shrugged off your oath and defiled my name "'by taking back the men and women you had freed, "'forcing them to be slaves once again.' Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Since you have not obeyed me by setting your countrymen free, I will set you free to be destroyed by war, disease, and famine. You will be an object of horror to all the nations of the earth. Because you have broken the terms of our covenant, I will cut you apart just as you cut apart the calf when you walked between its halves to solemnize your vows. Yes, I will cut you apart, whether you are officials of Judah or Jerusalem, court officials, priests, or common people, for you have broken your oath. I will give you to your enemies, and they will kill you. Your bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. I will hand over King Zedekiah of Judah and his officials to the army of the king of Babylon, and although they have left Jerusalem for a while, I will call the Babylonian armies back again. They will fight against this city and will capture it and burn it down. I will see to it that all the towns of Judah are destroyed with no one living there. Psalms, chapter 74. This is a Psalm of Asaph. O God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are the people you chose long ago, the tribe you redeemed as your own special possession. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city and see how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shouted their victorious battle cries. There they set up their battle standards. They swung their axes like woodcutters in a forest. With axes and picks, they smashed the carved paneling. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the place that bears your name. Then they thought, let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshipped. We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone, and no one can tell us when it will end. How long, O God, will you allow our enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand, unleash your powerful fist and destroy them? You, O God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smashed the heads of the sea monsters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You caused the springs and streams to gush forth, and you dried up rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun, you set the boundaries of the earth, and you made both summer and winter. See how these enemies insult you, Lord. A foolish nation has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy your turtle doves. Don't forget your suffering people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let the downtrodden be humiliated again. Instead, let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how these fools insult you all day long. Don't overlook what your enemies have said or their growing uproar. First John chapter 5 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children, too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water and by shedding His blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with His testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, sure we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God, and God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us ask whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and He is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. Our world has perfected the art of performance-based love. It can be exhausting to feel like we're only as valuable as we are expendable. The good news is that our performance does not determine Jesus' love for us. It can be difficult to wrap our minds around how Jesus loves. We so easily fall into the habit of performance, viewing Jesus' commands as simply rules to follow instead of a means to intimacy with Him. But 1 John 5, verse 3 says it is out of love for Jesus that we obey His rules, not the other way around. God's commands have not been put in place to oppress us, but rather to free us. God's plan for our lives is the best plan for our lives. So when we give God the ultimate control, it gives us ultimate joy. If we measure our value on how well we're following the rules, we make our faith about us instead of Jesus' death on the cross. Obedience is not about how we perform, but how we respond. We say yes to God because we love Him, not out of obligation to Him or because we want something from Him. We show our love for Jesus by listening to him and doing what he says. Don't just follow the rules. Follow Jesus. Thank you for joining me here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.